Welcome back, my friends, to the Obscuria Podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal and put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. My name is Kevin Williams, and in my coffin to the right, the ghastly Mr. Robert Harrison. All I can think about is all of those door hinges need some WD-40. That's <laughs> the problem with fixing things is you hear stuff like that and you can't get into the spirit of Halloween anymore. You're like, damn it, somebody spray that hinge. <laughs> really annoying. Happy Halloween. Happy, Happy October, Hall- man. Burr, chilly October. Already there. This comes out on October 1st. Oh my God. Crazy. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Oh yeah. This summer's been nuts, crazy. I'm ready to put that behind me and just be weird in October. October's for weirdness. And we love our Octobers because we always celebrate the entire month with goodness of Halloween type music and who knows what we're going to get into this month. It's but. Been, we've had a pretty good track record. I mean, I got into a whole thing of gothic architecture thanks to our gothic or goth music. Have episode. you ever finished that gothic oh, piece God, no, of art? Oh, God, no. No, just like the past three or four projects. I got full into it, started it, and then went, oh, look over there. There's a, a new thing. <laughs> Squirrel. No, it's it, it got pushed aside. This summer was way too much for any type of fun. I was just, there was a lot of stuff going on and you know opportunities to be had, such as having movies at your house and other types of things. So now I'm looking forward to cooler weather, which makes it more enticing for me to be around a forge and a welder. That that's, is true. That's, yeah, that's more, a little hard to do. In the summer. Yeah, when it's ninety-eight ass degrees outside, and then you're standing next to an open flame, it's it's just not as conducive to being creative. And now we're getting into that season where, as soon as it cools off, just like Ronnie James Dog gets really frisky when the temperature drops, like he's been doing all freaking day today, has been driving me crazy. I get a little more energetic and want to go build stuff. So yeah, we're, that's what I'm looking forward to. Is October is that time where the creative juices start kicking in, and you don't see me for a while because I'm downstairs. Well, if you're feeling frisky, go listen to Pot of Thunder, Cobras in Fire. Growing Up Rock, Slamfest Podcast, Decibel Geek, Metal Up Your Podcast, The Hustle, Dummy Room, Podcast Rock City, History Science Theater, State of America, Rock Strikes 10, Potter Than Hell, Podcast, The Kiss Room, I Love It Loudcast, Ages of Rock, The Synaptic Empire, and Monty's Rockcast. Come visit us at inobscuria.com, like us, share us, recommend us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, leave us a review, and then go buy some of our stuff via our website. Anything else? I think that's it. You covered it. I think that was it. Checked off all the boxes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what else is going on with you, man? Anything? It's been a uh, really relatively tame week in my world. You know, I was going to say, I haven't seen any post about no. you getting hit by your own trailer no, it's or been anything like that. That kind of topped it for a couple of weeks. I had a big presentation in front of the city council a few days ago. That sounds very grown up. It was, yeah, it's one of those things where you got to like right in the middle of it. I'm doing my thing. I'm telling them about this art project we're proposing. It's a big deal. Huge thing. Biggest art project the city's ever seen. Is there fire involved? Maybe. I'm not, we, we didn't mention that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that comes later. We don't, we don't talk about those During things the presentation. when we're asking for money. Mm, so when you're okay. asking for a hundred grand from the city, you keep it really tame and vanilla and they go, oh, that sounds great. And then you're like, oh, look over there. And then we do the fire stuff. You don't give your whole proposal and then, then go, and then and we burn then, it. And then we like, burn it all down <laughs> walk out. <laughs> um, I might should try this. I'm, like Just to come up with some idea. Like <laughs> I'm going to propose this thing to put in the middle of our little town square and then, yeah, we're going to burn it down. And then we will explode it. Yes, because that's what we do a lot of times for things, but not this time. This is going to be public art for public consumption, two-mile trail of art. So it's going to be 40 different art pieces installed along this bicycle path, and it's going to be called the Artery. Get it? Artery? Oh. And it's the creative vein that runs through the heart of Smyrna. I made that up. Mm. Yeah. I've got a creative vein. Yes, you do. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Selling my fine... 
public family friendly arts. So yeah, we're asking for a big chunk of money from the city. So far, so good. I've got to go to one more official meeting and they vote on it. And then I'm going to be really busy for about a year installing 40 pieces of art for the city. It's kind of like my public service. This is me working off all the other stuff that I've done to piss them off. So if you, I've learned to balance things out. You can piss people off, but then when you make them happy about equally as much, they don't mind having you around. They're like, ah, okay, fine. We'll tolerate you. So that's all I ask is for them to tolerate me. You can call up your friend Bobby J. I'm sure he'll help you out. That's why. he's When he comes to visit, it's like, ah, oh, geez, i got to make more art for the city. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, the other night, speaking of frisky, oh, here we go. Oh, here How we you go. doing? Yeah, so the other night I was awoken. Hey, have you, you approved this with your wife to talk about this on air? Because yes, we yes. don't want to run afoul of anybody. No, no. So I was awoken by some sort of racket from the basement. So I jogged down there, you know. Three, There's those doors that need greasing. Yeah, three in the morning and I'm hearing something and I put my ear to the dungeon door, you know, that leads down to the mm-hmm. old family crypt. And I did get out my phone and cord it. So it's interesting. I, I listened for a while, recorded it so that you could hear it. And as soon as I opened the door, nothing. Nothing. And I found nothing. So maybe you can help me figure out what's going on here. All right. Phantasmagora on your phone. Somebody was having a party. I was going to say, it sounds like an 80s party. Lugosi's dead. Somebody's, somebody's having a good time. Yeah. I think this is an intro in the new Iron Maiden album. How is it? I like the way the lines run up the back of the stockings. Is that a cat in here? That's when you open the door. I opened the door. That's what happened. And no lights, nothing. All the ghosts ran away. Everything was gone. So don't know really what was going on. You have shy ghosts. I I guess they They were having a party and they didn't invite us. No, they didn't. So, you know, how crappy. They're my ancestors. Well, And they don't even invite me to the party in my own house. Yeah, they're they're, your ancestors from up north or? Well, anyway, it did give me an idea of what we could talk about here in the first week of Halloween. Yes, because it's not just one day. It's the whole month. No, no, no. We celebrate all of October. So I do believe it is time that that music really you know just reminded me of something that you really seem to enjoy last year so this is going to be episode 95 everything turns gray goth rock volume two yes get gothy all right do you want me to pause so you can go put on your i was gonna say i am not dressed for this at all Put some guy liner on. Yeah. yeah, so we went very in-depth in just what is this goth rock thing last year, episode 49. I'm sure you remember very well. Oh, yeah. Well. It's and, the one uh, after 48. It was. And the one before 50. Right before it. Yeah. The week before. That was the one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about how goth kind of came out in the, the late 70s, mainly from the UK, but it, of course, crossed the pond and all over the world. But it was kind of a post-punk. It was a mixture of glam and shock rock and, you know, everything dark with minor chords and lots of reverb mm-hmm. and a lot of the artists uh, at least the the males had very baritone voices kind of that Jim Morrison mm-hmm. vocal thing and we played a lot of bands last year that you seemed to really enjoy and we talked about oh let's see who do we have we talked about Joy Division we talked about Typo Negative yes the Bauhaus these were some of the more mainstream acts Sisters of Mercy The Cure you know if you think about the biggest of all time, probably The Cure. The most popular as far as broad it's mainstream, popularity. Yeah, mainstream. mainstream. The Damned, Echo and the Bunnymen, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails. Some of that stuff from the 90s that went more techno, mm. that was still kind of gothy if you 
take a look at what Nine Inch Nails look like. They look like goths. Yeah. They just happen to play kind of uh, industrial music. But a lot of that electronic stuff kind of bled into the whole goth scene. And today's goth is anywhere from extreme metal to dance, dark wave dance. I think the only stuff. thing that is consistent throughout all that is just black. Yeah. That's yeah. it. The music is sort of not that even horror, related. that horror, macabre kind of yeah. vibe. And you got a lot of romance in it too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a romantic view of the macabre. So kind of that going back to gothic literature, kind of celebrating that whole thing of loving the dark. So that's what we're going to get into. And we've actually played a lot of other bands. We started off the year with two episodes on Mission UK, who mm-hmm. are considered a goth band. And we really went deep into them. We And they played. had a spectrum of very goth to not goth at all. Yeah. They, they yeah. ran the gamut between their goth phase and more of a pop phase. And we're, you know, you and I are always going to probably tend more towards the, the rockier side of yeah. goth. This is going to be goth rock. We're not going to go into too much of this trippy, dancey vibe stuff. Although, although that stuff's cool. You know what that got me into eventually? Did we talk about this? So the goth thing led to me looking at other goth stuff and then a friend of mine came in and they're like, oh, you should check this out. And it was called Witch House. Oh, you did mention yeah, Witch so House. Yeah, so it's like yes. house music, which I'm normally I'm like, whatever, I don't listen to anything that's remotely related to that. But all of a sudden it was just weird and dark enough it kind of hooked me just in a very specific genre like you go just a little bit left of it a little bit to the right of it I'm like nah but if you get really weird and dark and then it's more of techno house music whatever you want to classify it as mm-hmm. all of a sudden you got me going well yeah that's cool <laughs> but it's just a very very small niche that I'll appreciate so I did like the fact that it broadened my horizons a tiny bit got me out of that one little world I was in well I do know that you spent quite a few months after that episode the last one where you were kind of Digging in. So is there anybody in particular that you are still listening to from that time period of you kind of No, I, I, I'm, other than Type O Negative, which is always going to be there. I mean, I, I knew about them for years. I got into them about two years ago. I did an art project where, go figure, I burned something. But it was like a funeral pyre. And right. it was myself. And I think we've talked about this. I don't know if we have. It's okay. Mention it again. Yeah, so it was pretty I, cool. It was at a big festival. And I was in a phase of my life where there's a lot of things that were not good going on. And just kind of needed a mental release from all that like just to draw the line and go it's time to get over this and move on and there was no way to kind of encapsulate that and go okay this grief exercise yeah exercise my own demons in a way and so I had this idea of burning myself in effigy and so it was a funeral pyre and I made a plaster mold of myself with the help of friends and we had a funeral shroud over this mold of me and then of course I took it to the next level of weirdness and put a pneumatic actuator inside this (laughs) the chest so it was breathing and it sounded like it was on a breathing machine because it's a pneumatic so it's weird as hell because and this is at a festival, festival. and there's yeah. just so I set it up right about sunset and didn't say anything I didn't really talk about it I just set it up and stood back and watched people walk up to it now this was intended to be some sort of performance or was it just intended to be art that people I mean were people no, it, gathering it was, to it was watch or performance was it? art okay. so yes it ended up being that way because people were kind of disturbed in a way that it seemed like there was a person underneath this truck because it was breathing right. and it was anatomically let's just say my face and everything else but then there's me and so you got to the, the vibe of watching people get a little weirded out that it was moving and breathing and then when they saw me prepping it to <laughs> that burn that is very goth man. yeah it's very goth and so we put a load of firewood underneath it and I put on this black cloak and we started playing typo negatives love you to death and so I kind of ceremoniously poured oil like you would over a funeral pyre and then I stepped back and picked up a flamethrower and lit the thing right at the perfect moment towards the end of the song there's this break and I just lit it so and you it had was, a PA set up yeah this I had a PA blasting exactly actually the PA 
lives on the fire truck. So if, okay. those of you who don't know, I've got a uh, vintage fire truck that has a costume with a whole PA system set up and a flamethrower on it. So that was parked there bl- blaring this typo negative, which is a really dark song. And so I lit it up right at the right moment with we- me wearing this Ozzy Osbourne looking black cloak. <laughs> and it was just very cathartic for me in a way, but it's also more of a performance art piece. So it was weird enough where I really had a good time watching people kind of tilt their head like, what the hell is this guy doing? So that way, that listening to typo negative over and over again in preparation for that gave me a new appreciation for that band. And now I just, I love them. Thanks to your iPod, which I mention all the time, you've got a great collection of typo negative. And that's one of the- Pretty much everything, yeah. More frequent rotations when I'm down in my workshop and I need something heavy to listen to, that comes up a lot. And it's dark, it's heavy. Not all of it. Some of, He's got a weird sense of humor too. Yeah. But that is always the constant. And then from there, I'll branch off into the more classic goth bands. Like you said, Joy Division, Sisters of Mercy, Bauhaus, that kind of thing, which that's good. But I love the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Just like you and I, we'll always gravitate to the heavier stuff. Yeah. So some other bands that we've played on the show in the past who can be put in the category. We actually did a goth episode with Elizabeth Elkins, who I'm actually... Oh, that's right. I forgot after, about that. After this recording, I'm actually going to be getting on a plane tomorrow morning and going up and play some shows with the my band, The Swear. setting rock star that you... Yeah, man. That was when we were recording, actually, and I went to Nashville. And oh, that's why I don't remember it, because I wasn't there. You were there. Yeah, it was Kent. <laughs> it was early on. It was yeah. Kent and Elizabeth, and she did a goth, and she picked Peter Murphy and The Damned and Concrete Blonde, I believe. I see, Concrete Blonde, that's a curveball. I'll have to go back and listen to some more of that to see how that comes yeah, in. She, yeah, hers were a little bit lighter. I mean, we've played Lords of the New Church. We played 45 Grave, TSOL. So we've gone in that punk spectrum, too, mm-hmm. where it's it's punk, yet it's goth. We've played Fields of Nephilim. Last year, we played the Julia Dream, who's a local yeah. Atlanta band. Christian Death, I remember you really liked them. Southern Death Cult, which eventually became The Cult. And we did The Chameleons as well. So we've played quite a bit of goth, not just on our goth episode, but just throughout some of our 80s episodes and the one with Elizabeth. But there is still so much more to explore. So Great. let's get into one who is from Finland. We have Finn, a couple of like Finnish. Skinny-land? Oh, Finn. Finn. I thought I said Finland. Finland, no. We have a couple of Finnish <laughs> bands today, so that must be a very gothy place. And it's this pr- band- dark 22 hours out of the day there might be yeah i don't know this band's a little bit of glam metal mixed with goth rock they've been around since Mm. 1989 so check out this band we'll talk about them when we get back but this is the 69 eyes we're going to open with gothic girl from their album blessed be from 2000 
like a gothic girl Lost in the dark and Did you pick up on the similarity between that and garbage, stupid girl? <laughs> stupid <laughs> no, I didn't. girl. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. When was the song? 2000. Stupid girl was. 90s, right? Nine, late 90s. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. I don't mm. remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close. But it's like damn, ty- they, typo negative meets garbage. Exactly. It's like, it's what's the guy? What's the guy's name from typo negative? Peter right. Steele. Peter, that's right. If, if he filled in for the singer, that's exactly what it sounded like. Damn, that voice of his, though. Both of those guys. I mean, I know Peter was close to seven feet tall this guy sounds like he's about the same height yeah i don't know that he's that big this guy's name is yerky yerky 69 was j-r-k-i i'm assuming it's not jerky but maybe it is maybe it's jerky Jerky 69 uh yerky he says that his influences are elvis jim morrison iggy pop david bowie and glenn danzig which kind of okay got that he didn't have quite as much for elvis but the the deep voice god i'd love to be able to sound like that so they started off more glam and they've gotten goth and gothier over the years and they've actually had 12 releases from 92 until 2019. I'd like to hear more of that. That's in and the they, wheelhouse. Um, they actually had a number one album in Finland in 2007. They had one album called Angels and the next album was called Devils. Pretty cool. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Very goth. That is, yeah, true. But the 69 Eyes, that's the name of them if you want to go check more of that 69 stuff. Eyes, the all 69, 69 of them. Alright, well, you know, we got to have some keyboards in our goth music. It's a requirement. You yeah, that one only keys. had like a very, a very sparse smattering of keys. So let's get into a little more keys. And this is a band that was actually provided to me or I learned about from Randy Brown from the Synaptic Empire podcast. He is from Texas and this is a goth band from Dallas-Fort Worth. And he's always promoting Texas bands. And on one of his feeds, he was talking about this band called Rose Garden Funeral Party. And it's a newer band. 
great goth name. It's that a, is a great name. It's a three-piece, amazing female lead singer, and they have uh, the keys and just really, well, you take a listen. It's in the wheelhouse. I mean, the EP that this song is off of is called At the Stake. I mean, uh, they, once again, nailed it. They just get it. <laughs> nailed it. Oh, 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 see what you did there. So they've self-financed a string of national tours and releases and videos. Pretty cool stuff. Kind of dark wave mixed with some post-punk goth in the wheelhouse for what we're doing today mm-hmm. and for getting us in that Halloween mood. Here is Rose Garden Funeral Party with Fear of Feeling Nothing.
So it started off really traditional goth and then just built until it was disco goth. It's like the killer's goth. Yeah, killer's goth. Exactly. It was very happy for goth music. <laughs> Made you want to dance. A little bouncy. A little bouncy. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, it could kind of go that way with a lot of the- uh, The stuff that we 80s, don't listen to. Well, even some of the 80s bands that we mentioned, like the Chameleons that we played last time. Because yeah. those are those bands that are kind of right on the edge. Echo and the Bunnymen were always kind of that way. Yeah, like, they weren't full on The goth. Church. You know, those bands were all yeah. just kind of on the, we're goth, but we're sometimes happy. And one thing I want to look into, like Joy Division, you look at the video for their biggest hit. They look like a bunch of college frat dudes. Well, how about who they turned into? Well, that's New that, Order. Well, yeah, but even with Joy Division, I mean, the music itself sounds very gothy, but you look at them, I would never assume that they were into goth music, but... Yeah, they didn't go the goth fashion. Right, and so it was very different for them where there was just the music. The music itself was very gothy, so some of them like The Cure, they walk the walk and look at everything else, but... So that song came out last year in 2020. That's that's awesome that that good of music is coming out still. I just got very little faith with all the crap that I hear coming out on the rock scene. I mean, there's a lot of good music, but we're just not hearing it yet, so we've got a lot of work to do. So they have four releases. Like I said, they're kind of self-financed. They're doing this whole goth thing, and apparently there's a whole scene in Texas going on, and, and they're one of the bands It's hard doing to be it. gothy in Texas. It's really hot. You have yeah. to wear all that black yeah. clothing and layers and hang around cemeteries. It's 98 degrees at night there. Yeah, I don't know how that works, but <laughs> there are a lot of bats in Austin. I know mm. that they go under the bridge. That's true. Everybody goes watches the bats, so that maybe that's sense. it. That does. Okay. Maybe that's it. Yeah, we don't want to have a lot of bats around here. Well, I'm going to talk about a band that most people have heard of next, but I still want to talk about it. I'm you talking figure out a way to get Rush in this episode? Yeah, we're going to do a Rush and kiss goth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about a band that last year when we did our goth episode, we featured the lead singer of this band's wife, so I thought we should probably feature oh. the husband this year. So I'm talking about Dave Vaney and the singer for The Damned. Mm-hmm. So we've played The Damned before. When Elizabeth was on her episode, when we did you know a couple songs goth, she picked The Damned, and a lot of their 80s content was very gothy. They started off as a punk band, though. Smash if you think of The Damned, yeah, man. They were oh. England's first England's first punk band to release a single. 1976, they released New Rose. Oh, they beat Sex Pistols. They then. beat the Sex Pistols. So they are the original English-UK punk band. Now, Dave Vanian always looked like a vampire, though. They always, uh, Captain Sensible looked crazy, uh-huh. and then you had Rat Scabies on the drums looking <laughs> crazy, and they had a... <laughs> Oh, good old Rat Scabies. Rat Scabies. The man who really needed some braces but never got him. A, a true Englishman. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> oy. Um, yeah, so they always kind of looked, or at least Dave always kind of looked goth, but they didn't really yeah. go that direction until they went through a couple of lineup changes. And in the 80s, Vanian sort of took more control of the group mm-hmm. and he brought out his vampire persona into the band. So that's when they sort of turned goth. And in 1988, they had a final damnation tour so that was supposedly they were done in 1988 but something happened in the early 90s called Guns N' Roses and they covered New Rose and got the damned a whole bunch of attention so they thought yeah. it might be good to you know shake off the cobwebs maybe make another and, mortgage payment or two yeah maybe do a little recording maybe go out and play some hits and see what they could do so they did that they did the whole reunion tour in the early 90s they didn't really release anything though other than like a single or two mm. but after they did that for a while I think it was just Rat and Dave really that was left and they started working on this new project and the project was called The Damagement and they recorded an album basically it's just 
rat is just Dave and some other guys. It's not really the damned, but you know, the business being what the business does, mm-hmm. they said, no, if you're going to record an album with you two guys, we're going to call it the damned. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is how I'm getting obscure with the damned. So we're going to feature a song from 1996 that really wasn't the damned. And it came out on this album that doesn't really sound like the damned, but it still has some of that gothy feel to it mixed with the little nineties vibe. So it's very oh. different for them. And they don't even, to this day, they don't even consider this part of their discography, even though it says the damned on the cover. They even had two different titles for this album. They released it, different labels released it with different names. So it sounded to me like it was a pure cash grab play for this content, yeah. but it is still actually a pretty cool album. I don't know that this is the damned, but that's what it says on the cover. So check it out. This is Tailspin from the damned. Not of this earth is the version that I have. That's what it's called. It's damn-ish. And actually, I will tell you that this song that I'm playing features Mr. Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols on bass. That's Pretty cool. Cred.
did you see my head explode while that was playing? No, I, I didn't know if that was noticeable. No. It was just more of an internal explosion. Yeah, I, had, I had this epiphany. And? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> is a goth song. Yeah, This man. whole time, it I is. did not even think that that was a goth song, but it is. Totally. And any of these guys could sing that, too. I would love to hear like a compilation of four or five of these guys giving it their best shot. Well, remember we played at Christmas last year, we played that cover. Oh, that's right. We that who, the band doing who, it. I don't remember who it was, that though. Was, um, God, who was it? It was an unsigned act that I remember. We'll look it uh, up. I can't remember the but name. God, that's the top of my head. you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Is totally a goth song. One of the earliest goth songs recorded because I came out in what the seventies, early seventies, sixties, sixties. Yeah, I yeah, think man. that I think that gets credit for the very first goth song, Small Town Titans. Small Town. Yep, that was her name. Damn, you got a good memory. Just I mean, it was on the tip of my tongue. I can see their logo. That's <laughs> how my brain works. You picture the I logo. I see first. the logo and then I have to read yeah. it. Yeah, well, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's the damned or not, but it's a damn good version of the damn. It's a good song. <laughs> It's Dave Vanian, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, he, exactly. His voice is the damn. Yeah, I mean, how much the guitar work in there was was good. Is that him playing guitar? No. That's nope. Somebody else? No, it was somebody else. So you take that out of there. The drummer could have been any drummer, but it was good enough for me. I liked it. I don't yeah. know why they don't care for that album, I guess, They're because... they I mean, these yeah, damn punk rockers and their yeah, morals. Political and, yeah, who knows. <laughs> but it's a very odd album. It's kind of hard to find, so uh-huh. that's why I thought I could get away with playing it here. Good call. All right. So are you aware of what a lorry is in I, England? Yes. Of all the weird things in my head, I do. I know that. I've, okay. dated, I've dated a few. <laughs> oh, no, that would be a Not, truck. That would be a truck. A truck. Yes. Commercial yes. truck. Not that like is a, a, truck. a very English term. Yes, a a very um, term that we don't use here. Along with a boot. They, they put their in the boot, stuff yeah. in the boot. Yeah. So a lorry, yes, is in to us Americans is just a delivery truck, yeah. basically. So the reason I'm asking you this question is I always saw this band's name and went, what the hell does that mean? And the band I'm talking about is an English goth band called Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry. That's the name of the band. Not Lorry. Nope. Lorry. Lorry. L-O-R-R-Y. So I guess- Red Truck, Yellow Truck. Yeah. Red Truck, Yellow Truck. Another Seuss reference. Well, you see what's happening wow. here. We're finding out that Seuss he was, was a, a goth. goth dude. I would uh-huh. totally believe that. He it does weird, make a lot of sense. He's a weird mofo. Wacky Wednesday. That one yeah. used to freak me out, man, but I loved it. Yeah. Very goth, right? Mm. You freaked out, you're scared of it, but you still love Cat it. Cat in the Hat wore black. He had Did. black hat. Yeah, yeah. No, he wore a red and white hat. No, it was red black, wasn't it? No. Oh, oh, you know, it was. He's black. No, the the book I was reading was black and white pictures. That's why. <laughs> we were poor. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't afford color books. We couldn't afford. Hmm. Okay. All right, moving on. We're talking about red lorry, yellow lorry. <laughs> So a band that I had seen their name for years before I actually heard them, and I heard them on a compilation, a goth compilation I got in the 90s, and I thought it was really, really cool. Kind of different. It it mixed in a little bit of that electro, early electronic drum kind of sound with what they did, even though I found out that their original drummer was Mick Brown, who is the drummer for The Mission Hmm. that we talked about. So I don't know what Mick Brown actually did, because it sounds very electric to me, but... He pushed the buttons. Maybe he was playing those weird octagon pads they used to have in the 80s. Simmons pads. Yeah, is that what they call them, Simmons? Simmons, yeah, that was the company that made those. But this band was only around for a short time. They had five releases from 85 to 91, and they were very, very firmly in the goth rock category, and they put me in the mood for Halloween. So check out their song, Strange Dream. From their first album that came out in 1985 called Talk About the Weather. Has a great creepy cover. Just oozing goth. Pure gothness here. Goth ooziness. Yes. 
you know, the mascara is running already. Now, we'll say before we listen to this, Strange Dream has this whole intro, like creepy, weird guitar intro, which mm-hmm. this band did a lot of really weird effects on guitars. That just really cool, so check it out. But it has an intro, and then it gets into the song. intro wasn't that weird it was interesting oh, I, mean, I just think it's just, it's just creepy weird yeah. tones i don't know what pedals he's using but it just, i don't know just think but really i love cool. that so i mean last week if you remember last week i don't know if you can remember that far back i, I, I can go there can you, yeah, okay, yeah I, I introduced our listeners to my cousin frank who mentioned to me that he had listened to a few episodes so i brought him up but that reminded me he and i were roommates in college for i think three years and he had the unfortunate luck of moving in with 
with me right as I was learning to play the electric guitar. So I'd been playing acoustic mm, and classical for good. A, a year or two, but I had you know, got an electric and got some effect pedals. And so we lived in this two-story <laughs> townhouse, the bedrooms upstairs, living room downstairs. And I think he mentioned to me a couple of times that when people would come over and they would go, what's that? And they're like, oh, he would say, that's Robert upstairs summoning demons. Because <laughs> that's kind of what it sounded like, like the beginning of this. Where I'm just making all kinds of hell raising weird noise. I'm not making music necessarily because yeah. I suck. Just but I could sit there. the tone. I could turn the knobs and hit it, hit it and just, you know, you would think I was dropping all kinds of acid and weird. No, I was perfectly sober for all this. But for two or three hours, I'd sit up there and just goof around with it. And that was when you had that much free time. I was going to say, those were the days. Those were the days you had two or three hours to do nothing every day. Not but, just once a week, but every freaking day you had two or three hours to just goof around. No agenda. No agenda. So anyway, thank you, Frank. And I'm sorry from the bottom of my heart that you had to put up with that, <laughs> amongst other things. But, you know, we both put up with each other. But that was one thing. I'm sorry you had to listen to that. It was horrible. But still, this guy did a little bit better than I did. So they pulled it off. But that was a good punk rock song that just ended, caught me off guard. So that's how punk rock song, songs should be. Usually how they are. So that's the one thing about most goth bands. They'll stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. This band, Red Lorry, Yellow Lorry, they're very punk in the sense that two minutes, they're well, done. They're, song's over. That's song's over. That, is, that was an intro. So it was almost two songs and it was still only three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> epic. That was epic. That was their epic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We've already talked about Finland once. Let's go back to Finland. That was and good. this yes. is Finland's most successful band of all time. Oh. And most of us only know them in the United States, at least from Jackass, the show. <laughs> and still drawing a blank on this. And one. mainly from their logo that started appearing everywhere because of Bam Margera, the professional skateboarder guy that was on Jackass. But I'm talking about a logo called the Hardogram. Still I'm, not Still, a bell? Still, I'm shaking my head, but people can't hear that. Okay, so. yeah. So this is a band whose name is His Infernal Majesty, mainly known as Him. You know the band Him? Yeah, that's more familiar. I'm trying to think of their logo. Why would I not? So know it looks that? like a pentagram, but it's a heart at the top. So it's called a heartogram. And okay. in the early 2000s, you saw that thing everywhere, and mainly because because we were big jackass. into Jackass back then. I mean, yeah, everybody were, we, loved we, jackass. we lived Jackass before we had a there couple was of a jackass. Jackasses that we yeah. I mean, we didn't have any up. video cameras. We did, we were doing all the same stupid crap, but nobody videotaped it. I wouldn't it. say all the same stuff, but we did a lot of it. There was, there was a good number of stupid things happening around our mm-hmm. neighborhood. So. Yeah, we weren't smart enough to film it. Yeah, that's the one thing we forgot. This day and age, yeah. everybody has a phone. Yeah, and, but we're, but we're too then, old to do stupid stuff. Yeah, so most people know of this band him from, at least in the States, from BAM, like I said. He went on to work with them extensively. He promoted them. So all of his events, because he's a professional skateboarder, mm-hmm. he had their logo. That heartogram thing was everywhere. And it was a big Hot Topic. Remember Hot Topic? Oh, God. That was a big seller at Hot Topic was that Hardogram shirt. You know, they were metal, but they came across very somewhat emo, but more so goth. Mm -hmm. They didn't really call themselves goth. They didn't really call themselves metal. They created their own category. They'll call themselves love metal. Love metal. They're love metal. So again, one of the biggest Finnish bands of all time. And I think the only group from Finland to receive a gold record in the United States. Worldwide, this band has sold 10 million records. Damn. So they've done really well. They were only around from 97 to 13. They did a farewell tour in 2017. They actually haven't come back yet. They, they Well, you're making 10 million bucks or however much they made off that. Well, 10 million albums. Right. But if you make a buck off an album, hey, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> so eight albums in that time. And they're one of the only bands I've heard of. Now it's still, you know, they could still they get could back together, back, yeah. but most of these farewell be stupid tours to do it are now. Gone. Wait another couple of years. Yeah, totally. Well, maybe that would be very goth of them not to come back. True. Hmm. 
Or come back during a pandemic. That's pretty gothy. It's sick. Epic. All right. So, well, let's listen to some hymn from their album in 2005 called Love Metal. Here is Beyond Redemption. I know 
That was good. I, don't, I see why they sold 10 million albums. They don't sound Finnish at all. How do you think a Finnish band would sound? Fear to seek more. No, that's sweet. And we just lost all of our Finnish <laughs> listeners. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I don't. I have no idea what a Finnish band is supposed to sound like. No, it sounded really good. A couple of things where the difference between just a metal song and a little bit of gothy was just a little bit of keyboard right at the very mm-hmm. top of it, just hanging out over the top, gave it that over the edge of goth into the, the darker world. So uh, other than that, it was just a good rock song. Yeah, I really like this band. I said that came out in 2005. This actually came out in 2003. I don't know why I said that earlier. It was right it's here in front of It's completely different now. It's, it's so... That was a different time. That was time. so two years earlier. Two years earlier, yeah. But anyway, I don't know why Bam from Jackass was so into this band because they don't sound like what I would expect Bam from Jackass to be he into. He didn't know them personally. He just liked their music. No, he was he knew them personally, but, uh, but I, I mean, he was a big fan. And but I mean, big, before he got into them, it wasn't like I, he I don't hung know. out with them and then started promoting them. He just liked the music. I'm assuming he was into the music. And that's why he started promoting them. I don't know. He worked with them. And if I listen to a few more songs, I might be able to skateboard to it. I don't know. Not really what I would have picked out, knowing who Bam was and the whole Jackass crew. You would just you assume it know. was all thrash metal, exactly. Or that's just, what you expect. Or just crazy hip hop or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm glad that he brought it to my attention as well because that's how I found out about this band. And I kept seeing that logo, going, "What is that? Yeah. It's a pentagram, but it's a heart. What is that?" Yeah. And then I found out it was this band. And then I found out they had several albums, mm-hmm. and they they were pretty big when I discovered them, which was right around this time. In fact, I believe this was the first album that I got, Love Metal. And then I got several of the other ones, but really good band. Like I said, kind of goth, kind of not. But for 2003, this was goth. Oh my god, yeah in the middle of all the other crap that was going on. Yeah, around. think about what was going on. Except then. for us. I mean, we were a bright, shining point of light oh, yeah. in the middle of a bunch of crap. So so bright, our light shone in, in Smyrna, Georgia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> bright, small, but bright light. Moving on, here's another band that fits in that same category. I love it when I find just a compilation album that has a song on it that I actually like. Because uh-huh. you usually get so many compilation freebies yeah, at like, shows. No, or, no, no, maybe, no. Yeah, you know, sometimes skip, there's just skip. not a lot of quality on those things. And I found this band called The Prophetess from Long Beach, California. They had one album on Cleopatra, which is an L.A. goth label. And... It was a Cleopatra sampler, and I had never heard of this band. They only did the one album. It came out in 1996, and it kicks ass, and I'm going to play the song that I know. This is all I have by them. But see, I but do know they have an album, so go check it out. The album's called Dichotomy, if you could find it, and this is a song called All I Want. Yeah. 
I'd be okay if he just started that song over and played it again, because that's got the perfect level of chorus reverb and delay on the guitar for a goth song. And just that's so, one of those mood setters. Man, absolutely. So good. A song you can get lost in. Just once you get into it, it takes about a minute. All of a sudden, my brain starts to relax a little bit. Thoughts just go left and right, and it just takes you on a journey. And then the song's over. You're like, oh, it's somber right. yet calming. Yeah creepy but still got a little creepy but ethereal. not but not scary creepy right yeah doesn't make you edgy i mean a lot of typo stuff he's purposely trying to put you on edge that's that was his thing but this stuff is just more you know it's a dark rainy day outside yeah this lacks the the shock of some of the other yeah. stuff this is more of just dark mood yeah it's not peter yelling you who <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which song that is. I forget which one, but just in the middle of it, he's just like, you hoo <laughs> Total New York accent. <laughs> so it's very goth. You should listen to Carnivore, which was his previous band. They were thrash. Oh, yeah? I mean, you could hardly understand a word he says, but it's, it is okay. just screaming thrash. Carnivore. Is that on your iPod? Of course it is. Okay, I'll look that up. I didn't know what it was, so I skipped that one. <laughs> I got to start saying yes to these bands I don't know after all these years of doing this podcast. Make sure I have that right. I believe it was Carnivore. <laughs> now that I say that, I'm like, wait a minute, was that their name? I think, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I got one more for you. And this is just like last time we ended with the Chameleons, who I said, they don't really call themselves goth, but because of the time, they yeah fit and they could be considered just like the Hence church the name of their band <gasps> oh the chameleons oh. yes well this time around this is another band that i remember their name long before i ever heard their music and just thought it was a really weird name and i i had all these perceived sounds in my head based on their name of what they were going to sound like which wasn't at all what they sounded like and the band i'm talking about is gene loves jezebel okay i know them yeah most people know, I know them. one song i think they were kind of, uh, and I didn't know it when I used to see their name in the 80s. I was into punk and I just, I don't know, I'd read about you know different bands and I would see this name and went, what is that? That sounds, I don't know, is it heavy? It sounds heavy or something mm-hmm. to me. But no, not at all. They're more of a dancey, poppy, gothy 80s. Mm. UK sound. I get the mix up with Jesus and Mary Jane. Very much so. Me too. They're just the Very, same time period. Yeah, exactly. Uh, almost the same exact time frame that they were both popular. Mm-hmm. And this band actually has identical twin brothers, Jay and Michael Aston in it. So kind of makes them unique. Now, the name of the band, I thought there must be a, some great story behind it. Not really. It was a reference to musician Gene Vincent and a song that he had called Jezebel. Okay. So that's all there is to it. But They had some early singles in the UK, some success in the UK, and then they're one of those bands that found themselves in heavy rotation back in the mid-late 80s on the college radio. I was going to say, that's where I heard it. Yeah, so in America, we had something before Alternative. It was called College Radio, Mm -hmm. and there were certain groups who just made a big impact there. This was one of those groups that was just always played on college radio. And when I was in college and had access to that easily, that all we listened to was Sunday morning reggae, because you're hungover is all get out. Yeah. The only thing you want to listen to is love and reggae. Like that's the way to start the day. I remember the back of or the last page of Rolling Stone magazine in the eighties when I used to actually read that magazine. The back page was the Billboard charts, mm-hmm. and you could look for that week, you know, or the week previous when they printed it. They had a section that said College Charts. Is that it on charts? That was later replaced by Alternative in Indie. Later mm-hmm. it became Indie, but back in the day it was called the College Charts, and this is probably another place that I saw their name and went, hmm, I just didn't have any access to it at the time. Yeah. But I didn't listen to College Radio 
at all until 2011. I was getting into metalworking and sculpture making and I was apprenticing with a blacksmith artist and she always had the local WRAS. So it was a Georgia State radio, if I remember correctly. She would go between that and Georgia Tech radio with WRAK. So it was always one of those two and it was her studio. So I didn't dare, you know, go over and turn the channel. And so I didn't pay attention to much of it. But after about six months, it got ingrained in my head. And when I went off back to my own shop and started working on my own, I found myself tuning that in because it was associated with really fun time of that apprenticeship learning and expanding my creative side. So all of a sudden I got it. That's where I got into more of the alternative stuff, weirder stuff. Shoegaze. Shoegaze. Got much more appreciation for stuff that, you know, before our podcast that I never would have had access to listening to just rock radio. So do they still do college radio or has it all gone the way of They're still have uh, college radio, but COVID of all things has screwed it up because for the first wave of this last year, nobody was coming to the studio. So they were just doing canned blocks of music and it was the same stuff every day. And now to this day, I think they're still doing that where it's the same rotation that it's unlistenable. They're not doing the individual shows like they used to. They might sometime at night, but because of COVID, uh, so I don't know if it had anything to do with anything else, but they stopped having a lot of their cool individual shows like a shoegaze show or, you know, they would have a bluegrass show. And so they've cut way back on that. So maybe it's just COVID and they're going to change that up here when that diminishes at some point. Dear God. Well, we've talked about, you know, I mean, radio is basically gone except for the internet radio stations like our, our buddies at A to Z radio yeah. who, you know, they have more niche type of radio now where it's certain categories. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how people find them though. There's so many... There's so much competition. So many radio stations now that are just internet radio stations. I mean, just like our yeah. podcast, but still it's, how does one stumble upon it? I don't know. Well, it, I, I actually, would think that would just kill the college radio too. And as I've mentioned, I've got one vehicle in particular that's just got a radio. It doesn't have, it's got an input for like an MP3 player, but it's it's cumbersome. So I end up just listening to a couple of rock stations. I'm in and out real quick, short trips. But of all things, this morning I heard one of the DJs is a rock station talking about how in 10 years, that station will probably only exist on the internet. It'll still be Rock 100.5 or whatever the name is, but it'll be an internet-based radio internet station. Only, yeah. And he said that they were at an event, and this guy's probably in his late 40s, and he was talking to somebody in their early 20s, and he introduced himself as the DJ at Rock 100.5. And she's like, oh, that's cool. How do I find you? And he's like, get in your car, turn on the radio. But it, 100.5. Yeah, but it was something that was <laughs> quite, you know, perplexing to yeah, her. That will go away. Yeah. And so those numbers will, those go, numbers away. will go away. But, you know, the fact that already it's starting where, you know, people in their 20s go, oh, radio. Okay, where do I find you on the internet? Yeah, the term radio doesn't even mean radio. It's right. Just, it's just a Where do I access, uh, you know, a place that has good playlists? Yeah. So we're watching, a, you know, a shift. We watched it start and we're going to watch it probably go completely in our lifetime we'll see it shift completely we, we should talk to to bill elam about a to z and and what they're doing and what they're seeing with it that might be Tell a cool to get on topic. a plane come down here yeah exactly or we could call him yeah we, well <laughs> yeah i think we do the plane we do the internet thing <laughs> i got well, a place for him to crash don't worry back to gene loves jezebel so i told you there were two brothers in this band michael aston left to pursue a solo career in the late 80s and the rest of the band kept going so the other brother kept going so mm-hmm. you know how these brother groups go man just like the black, black crows, crows scream they don't like each other yep you get family involved it just usually does not work <laughs> and that's exactly what happened in 93 they reformed for a little bit but brothers being brothers and gene 
Jean did not love Jezebel, apparently. Apparently, Jean and Jezebel didn't get along, so they had some heated words and, and a lawsuit. And today, there are two versions of the band. Oh. There, is a, there is a Jean Loves Jezebel that exists in the U.S., and there is one that exists in the U.K. But they're not even the same continent. Yeah. They, wow. Yeah. So that's how they exist. And I believe the the one brother that remained, not the one that did the solo tour, yeah. but the one that remained, Jay, I believe that they, because he had some of the other original members, I think they won the lawsuit and got awarded a whole bunch of cash from mm. the brother. Oof. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Ouch. So <sighs> the other thing about Gene Loves Jezebel that I thought was interesting of note is, did you hear about the universal fire that just destroyed a ton of master tapes of tons? Hans of artists. Not recent, right? This was in 2008. Yeah, I've, I heard of a fire that destroyed yeah, a bunch of destroyed master tapes. Just so many. Well, this whole, this band's whole catalog was destroyed. What a bunch of dumbasses having that sensitive material without any type of fire protection. I mean, somebody, speaking as somebody that has started a few fires, right. you know, right. I, they should have called me. They should have. I could have told them what not to do. So all that being said, I'm going to play something from the band Minus a Brother. <laughs> so this is Gene Love's no one. This is Gene Loves Jezebel from Loves 1990, himself. the first album that came out without Michael Aston in the band from their album. I think I just said that, Kiss of Life. This is Evening Star. Goth, eh, you tell me afterwards. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was meh. Goth. Meh. Sort of there. Sort of there. Sort of there. God, I I love that vibe from the early, mid-90s. A lot of good music back then. Once again, I was really starting to absorb a lot more stuff in the early 90s versus just going, oh, in the 80s, it was look at that music over there because I'm never going to be able to play that. I can't play like Yngwie Malmsteen. I don't look like those guys, but all of a sudden, you know, with alternative rock coming around, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of look like these guys. I can kind of play what they're playing. and relate to it. Relate to it. And all of a sudden, you know, it became more and more realistic. And so I became more aware of it. It was just that that prime time. And plus, it was just so much good stuff coming out then that just anything goes vibe. And this just reminds me of you know, the early Chili Pepper stuff, but not the funky stuff. The, the But just, I don't know, it just, it goes hand in hand for me in that time period of my life, the, the early mid 90s. There's so much damn good music. So yeah, on the goth scale, it was probably pretty tame. Yeah. But it's good stuff though. I guess what gets me is goth music for me, a lot of it is driven by a particular style of playing bass and a tone of the bass. Yeah. And it's kind of a creepy, thuddy bass and a repetitive bass line. Yeah, you don't They're get all really, No, not, none of that. No, it's very um, pick-driven yeah. kind of bass. And, you know, coming up for our bass episode last week, yes. we're still talking about bass. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, goth music does have a very, and you heard it in these songs, I think the only song that maybe didn't have it was the hymn song because that was more metal. But yeah. a lot of it just has this, I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's just a certain tone, a certain feel There's to the bass There's three or four playing. different elements like that. You could have the baritone voice, but you could have a different sounding band behind you. You could have the creepy keyboards with a different sounding vocalist or the woman the saying, I can't remember her name already. Forgot her name from uh, that band you just played. Rose Garden Funeral yes, Party? Yes, 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 that one. Yeah. Uh, but when you have other creepy elements to it, even just the name of the band, I mean, that can you know put you in that category already. Absolutely. So that was going to be it, but I was wondering if I could call an audible. If, Absolutely. If you, you, you know I'd say yes to this. Okay, so just one more. Since I'm getting ready to pack up and head off and play with my band to swear, if, if you will indulge me, I would like to play probably our gothiest oh, yeah? swear tune ever. Think of, I'll see if I can think of which one that would be. Well, this is from our, our very first recording session. You may not have ever heard this song. Oh, I'm... It's called Echo Park. You probably remember us playing it because you were hanging out with yeah, us then. Yeah, I don't know if I heard the recording. You probably never heard this recording. It was... I mean, it's on Bandcamp now. You can go get it. It's just called The Swear. It's just... It was really yeah. just demos Not that a particular we swear. It's just The Swear. The, the Swear, yes. <laughs> but I thought I'd play it for you because, I don't know, I think the bass that I'm playing on it sounds mm-hmm. very much in the wheelhouse of goth, and okay. I just want to play it. How about that? Let's do it. I'll critique the hell out of it. All right. So here's The Swear from 2005, a demo session. This is Echo Park.
So yes, I have heard that song live a number of times, but pretty sure I heard the recording at least once or twice. We never really did anything with that recording. We at the time it wasn't like released or right. CD or anything. It's like just that. a good way to get your music down. And so we talked about what makes a goth song, and one things you can throw in there is the tempo. I mean that we call it down yeah. tempo. You know, just very kind of doomy, doomy. Yeah, doomy. That's a good. Yeah, doomy and somber, and you know, just the was that Jeremy? On the that guitar? was Jeremy. Okay, he was so, doing the very sparse kind yeah, of atmospheric, atmospheric stuff. guitars with a slower tempo that was just pushing through, pushing through so all that and course your bass playing you know was icing on the cake of course it was of course it was yeah, thank you <laughs> no i just i remembered that song because we we've literally not played that song in years yeah. it was just one that i don't think the rest of the band ever really liked it as much and so that was definitely elizabeth on her kind of goth kind of trip uh-huh. really didn't fit with everything else that we were doing at the time so on your shows this weekend the set list what can we expect newer stuff yeah we'll classics. do we're doing four of the songs off the new album maybe only three I think yeah maybe only three yeah. and then we're doing uh, one to two off of our other releases that we have yeah so, so explain that who your lineup is in the band yeah so the drummer that you heard there Kent Oberly is going to be the drummer and he was the drummer for before that he was the drummer for Big Jack Pneumatic that's right he left that band our band yes and uh, I followed him I don't know a year later or something yeah. like that yeah so Kent has been in and out um, of the band a few times sort of um, um, with mainly with helping us out when we needed help, and yep. then he's come back for the recordings that we did most recently. So yep. always count on him. He's always going to be the drummer of the swear, no matter if he's in the band or not. Yeah. He's just that guy, you know. And then we have Cooper Carter, who was the last, I guess, working guitarist for the band before we sort of split off and started doing more, just recording here and there. Mm-hmm. And Cooper was in the band for I don't know, probably two years. So you're not yet a legacy act. You're playing new music. We are playing new music yes okay we, we recorded and we were so brilliant we recorded in 2019 right before the pandemic how, uh-huh. how are we to know and then when the pandemic hit obviously last year we were like eh, let's just go ahead and put it out because we were really excited we put it out in july right in the middle of the, the second worst wave, part of the yeah, pandemic or the first second or third wave i can't remember which wave. i can't even remember new anymore. wave but anyway we never had a chance to play this stuff live here we are in the midst of another wave of the pandemic but we're gonna play damn it we're gonna play these songs live that's rock and roll man it's through like the pandemic. Yeah, if the venue will let us, if they let us go on. We'll see. Did you uh, did you notice what I'm drinking over here? Oh my God, claws are out. Claws are out. You know why? On a goth episode, you're drinking uh, yeah. white claws? Do you know why I'm drinking a white claw? I'm assuming that's all you have left. Yes. <laughs> we have a problem. I have two, not uh, one. I have two beer drawers in my fridge, and this is all that's in there plus some water. So who the hell's putting water in the beer drawers? That's my first question. And then where's all my beer? Well, that's what happens when you don't have parties anymore, man. That's true. Damn pandemic. There's so many reasons why I hate this pandemic. That's the worst for me is Yet I haven't been having reason. parties so I don't have any beer. I have to go buy. Do I have to go buy beer? Is that what people do? That's what some people do. You have to go pay money. You've, and You've never really done that. No, I do not buy beer. That's beneath me. It just magically appears in my refrigerator every couple of weeks. 
Well, if, <laughs> if anyone out there wants to send Robert some beer, Amazon. This is how bad delivers. it is. I'm drinking White Claw. This is horrible. Yeah, Ooh, on a goth boy. episode. On a goth episode. White Claw. Bad crap. timing. Really bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that that's starting to get people in the spirit. Yes. We're getting ready for Halloween. So we're going to have a few more episodes. We've got a few weeks to do some. I'm going to go back and listen to last year's goth. Creepy, get me cool stuff. Little, tied me over until the next week's episode. Mm, who knows what we'll get into yes. next week. Something dark, dangerous, nasty. Ooh, nasty. Yeah, I think we'll get into some nasty. Nasty, all right. Nothing wrong with that. All right, well, until next time, until our next spectacular episode. (laughs) So scary. Oh, that's horrible. So scary. That's so bad. (laughs) That's so hack. Oh, man. Later. See ya.